0: That's very good. Those are all the words. Very <laughs> accurately done. You know the sad part is? I know the words. Do you? Because, well, I have to. Like, how do you not? I would
1: never would have known that you did
0: based it's, on that. Well, look. Here's the thing that bugs me. Why do I know those words? And then, like, you know, the 150 songs we do with the band, I know, like, 60% of the words...
1: Yeah, I I think that's a very... You know, uh, can
0: I replace the words to Creed with Arms Wide Open with, you you know, one of the songs we do that I just don't know the words to? It would be nice. It would be. Or maybe we just start doing "Greed with Arms Wide Open. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome in, everybody. Welcome in. This is Totem Talks Season 4, Episode 10. And it's a doozy. Aren't they all dudes? To say the, the least. season, I, know, I feel like I, every I feel like, episode this yeah. season we've been like, "Hey guys, we did it!" Yeah, yeah. This that's the season
1: uh, theme. I think. Yeah, just season, like every preceding season has had a theme, kind of evolve out of it. Season four is just the season of horrible disappointment. It's the season of attrition.
0: <laughs> we are we yeah. it, it, we are just going through it, and uh, right. today was no different. That is Chris. I'll say we had a very interesting one. Before we get started on that, Nick, uh, I know that you guys won't notice a difference, but for Nick and I, this has been a little bit of a gap. We've been what two I weeks know. off, or yeah, something like that. Yeah, we something something crazy, wacky, wild that we're not used to. We're Ooh. used to recording not every week, all. sometimes multiple times yeah. a week. Right. You know, I just wanted to say I miss you. I miss your face. I, I saw it I yesterday, seen but it since I, last you know, night, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, we have, we have we had a gig last night and it was it was fun, but it was. You know, I miss you I miss seeing you on a tiny little screen. I agree. You know, or, it's the
1: best way to <laughs> see each other.
0: You know, of course. Uh but anyway, if you like this podcast, which, you know, I hope you do. I hope that's why you're here. Uh please like it. Please please share it. Please do all those fun algorithm things and uh you know, pass it along to your friends and family or enemies or any anything like that and let them know yeah. you, you can weaponize us if you feel like that's what you need to do. <laughs> so, uh, what, what right. else do I have to say? I, I don't think I, don't I have mean, anything else. Probably, any, yeah. Probably just get so started then, with who we're doing. Let's today. just get into it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and so this yeah. week
1: we uh, we're going to kick things off with Creed, obviously, um, and then we're going to get into Mandolin Orange slash Watchhouse, a group that Watchhouse now change names, right? Most of their career, Mandolin Orange, right. for the most recent album, they have changed to Watch House. Uh, and then we're going to wrap things up with Madonna.
0: Yes, and I'm, I'm going to be so, honest yeah. with you. I did consider, like, doing a Madonna song as the opening, and I was like, man, I'm just not I'm not in that headspace Understand, to get my man. voice to that point. Because, like, right now my voice is pretty close to Scott Stapp, uh, naturally, <laughs> based in, like, early morning recording post-gig. Sure, I'm like pretty much there already. Uh, I assume that's why I've never listened. I have i didn't listen to any interviews for Creed, so I'm just assuming this is what his speaking voice sounds like. I would like
1: very much to believe that it does. <laughs> can you now imagine, I never will see that Can you, that you
0: imagine talking to a human being and that's their <laughs> speaking voice? That would be a true moment in my life.
1: It would. It would.
0: Uh, uh, anyway, anyway. Without
1: yeah. further ado. Tell us a little bit about Creed, Patrick. So
0: Creed is an American rock band from, of course, now I know this, Tallahassee, Florida. Makes a ton Mm -hmm. of sense to me. So they were formed in 1994, and uh, they are technically still active on hiatus since 2012. Right. So they were active from 94 to 2004, took five years off, 2009 to 2012, active again, and now on a hiatus for the last 10 years. So, mm-hmm. all but broken up, but, you know, leaving the door open, I guess. And they released four albums, and we listened to three of them. And the three are My Own Prison, which came out in 1997. We followed that up with Human Clay from 1999, and then Full Circle from 2009. And that Nick, is correct. you're going to go first. Sure. Okay.
1: Uh, so... It's a very grungy album. I'll start off by saying that. Yeah. Uh, specifically, the more metally end of grunge, and I felt quite a bit like the music here, and I don't know if you'll agree, was influenced by Alice in Chains probably more so That's exactly
0: Alice. what I was going to say. I was going to say they skew way more Alice in Chains than like Nirvana. For sure. If you consider yeah. them um, like kind of the two ends of grunge.
1: Exactly. Now, a big difference... Uh, is that Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell are both phenomenal singers. And Scott Stapp, while I will say this, he's not a technically awful singer, but he is the most annoying singer of all time. (laughs) His voice is just perpetually annoying the hell out of me. Like, I don't want to hear it anymore.
0: Sure. Uh, Yeah, I I
1: think annoying is a better word than bad
0: for his voice. I get it. I get it completely. Um, I'll say this. He is... All of the bad parts of Eddie Vedder's voice.
1: Yeah, right, right. Like, Eddie
0: Vedder's voice has that similar cover to it and that sure. similar kind of gritty, like, brrr,
1: And bad diction.
0: But, bad diction. Well, Eddie Vedder is terrible diction. Yeah, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I feel like Scott Stapp doesn't have the caricatures in his voice. Mm-hmm. Like, the uniqueness, the things that... The, and and yeah. the range that Eddie Vedder can elevate a song to... Like I I think Eddie Vedder is a good singer and I, I, but I I know there's people that like worship the singing ground he walks on. I'm not in that camp. No, but I think that like all the things that Eddie Vedder does well with his voice, Scott Stapp does with his voice, but not particularly well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, and (laughs) you know, the lyrics were very difficult for me to relate to. Um, you know, Creed is, is a Christian grunge band. Um, Yeah, I'll tell you, though,
0: I was having a hard time finding specifics about that from them.
1: Oh, interesting. I mean, you could hear it, in not always, but you can definitely hear it in the lyrics um, on occasion. It sticks out, and then it's just like, eh, okay. I mean, at the end of the day, though, I mean, the songs aren't bad. Um, I wouldn't really revisit this record. Um, I also felt like we got the least... From Mark Tremonti on this record uh, of any of the Creed records, sure, because uh, you know there will be more guitar parts at least to hold on to. I think going forward, uh, obviously, like he he can already tell that he's he's a very solid player, but he hasn't like fully formed. yet.
0: right. Uh, that's fair. Okay, so I agree with a lot of what you're saying here. Uh, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoiler alert. This is the best of the three albums for me because I feel like the, the, the things about Creed that maybe I've come to dislike start to really appear later. Uh, some of the kind of repetitiveness. Also, I think these songs weren't like kind of shoved down my throat growing up, where mm-hmm. a lot of Creed stuff was. I'll tell you a really fun Creed story, uh, which I don't think I've ever told you this before, Nick.
1: I don't think you've ever told me any kind of Creed <laughs> stories. Okay, little so little this is one. perfect.
0: Years of friendship and you're finding something out brand new. When I was like, I want to say like 12, maybe 13, uh, I was hanging out with uh, my cousin and we were listening to Radio Disney, okay? And I called in for, there was a contest or something they were doing. Okay. And I called in and got the answer right. And they were like, you just missed it by like two seconds. But do you want to be on the radio? Because they used to have like little quick call-in snippets. I was like, yeah, okay. of course I want to be on the radio. Sure, I'm like a kid. This is great. I'm like, right. okay, you're good. We want you to say, play us some Creed, and and that's what I did. So, somewhere, ten, fifteen years ago, whatever, however many years ago it was, there were like, I'm on Radio Disney asking for Creed.
1: I like that you started with like, I don't know, 10 years ago and when then, you were and 19. And then was very quickly like, oh wait, no, it's I was like, oh 12. no, that couldn't have been 17 right. 17
0: years ago, that's what it is. Oof. That's, yeah, that's that's why I didn't say it, Nick. Now I feel old. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but yeah, so that actually is a legitimate thing that happened. Great. So just Love it. throwing that right out there. 10's uh,
1: across the board. Let's move on to the next artist.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, honestly, this, this album wasn't too bad for me. Um, I feel like... The grungy, like the not post grunge, which is where they kind of move to, but actual grunge and like the heavier side of grunge fits their tone and Scott Stapp's voice in a better way. It's not great. I mean, am I am I gonna listen to this along with my other grunge music? Like, am I gonna put this in my playlist with Nirvana and Alice in Chains and early Pearl Jam or you know Soundgarden? No, they're not on that level to me, but this is the this is kind of the best that i think creed is uh so we'll move into human clay and human clay only a couple years later uh this is way more definitively a post grunge situation uh and it's it's okay i feel like that's i feel like that's where it kind of peaks though it's okay it's it's got you know some of those songs the two songs, the two Creed songs, Higher the two and With Arms same. Wide Open, the two Creed songs are both on this album. And uh, those are the two songs as well that really kind of catapult them into everyone referring to them as a Christian rock band, more so than right. a lot of the other ones. Uh, and I did, I did kind of glance at a couple articles where they have, while they're all Christian – they're like we are not trying to be a christian rock band. We're not setting mm-hmm. out to be a christian rock band. Uh actually the same uh they're in the same article as Ed Rowland of Collective Soul uh who is in a similar vein. They're all christians, but they like everybody just assumes they're a christian rock band and they're like, "No, nah, we're just we're not trying to be." Okay. Imagery-wise I, I could see that. <laughs> imagery-wise you know, like... they are definitely kind of capitulating the quote unquote good word. Yeah, right. But they're not apparently trying to. Just want to make sure we're we're clear on, okay. on knowing that. However, this album is not great. It's just what it boils down to. The grunge aspect that I kind of enjoyed uh, is no longer there. It's full post-grunge. And we have a kind of love-hate relationship with post-grunge. But the number one thing about post-grunge for me is like you have to be a phenomenal singer. Mm. To, to, because post-grunge is a slightly more boring version of grunge. Is what it kind of comes down to.
1: Often, often, I'd say it's the case.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, there is some better playing here. Mark Tremonti has grown as a guitarist for sure, Uh, and the bass is decent. Uh, It's not; it doesn't stick out to me too much. Uh, The drums have some moments in there, but all in all, it just really falls flat to me.
1: Okay, fair enough. So I actually I disagree, but not. Like, hugely. I preferred this record just because uh, I felt like song to song, moment for moment, the writing was more dynamic. Um, Sure. It wasn't as paint-by-numbers in a genre, everything kind of expected as the first album was. Uh, So I think they definitely improved as songwriters. Like, Well, specifically, Mark Tremonti improved as a songwriter because he's composing the music, staff's doing the lyrics. Um, And his playing... Definitely, I think, uh, quite a bit better here. I think it really stands out a lot more. Um, and I mean, Mark Tremonti, I, want to be very clear. Like he is widely considered amongst the very, very best guitarists of like the last 30 years. He is one, uh, guitarist of the year, three times from Guitar World. Um, he was ranked the fourth greatest metal guitarist by Guitar World, um, he won like uh the guitarist of the decade for the 2010s award like he is super highly acclaimed sure, um as one of the best who's played in the last several decades uh and i think you definitely get much more of a taste of that here um compared to the other album although i don't know if it's i don't know if this is necessarily considered his very best work uh but it is good
0: i think yeah i think a lot of mark Tremonti's best playing is in his other his other acts though that that could definitely i think if you listen to like actual tremonti or Alter bridge like you're getting a stronger guitar performance from him
1: right but yes he's very good full circle i mean it must have been a pretty small circle because (laughs) coming back full circle like there has been no musical change or growth um at all i almost kind of was like why did you make this record It just, it felt unnecessary.
0: You know what my first thought was? Okay, seriously, I'll let you finish, but when I saw the album title, I got excited because as I just told you, I preferred the first album. So I was like, oh man, is full circle. Does that mean they're going back to grunge? Like they took five years off, then they're coming back and they're being like, okay, we're going to go back to grunge. And I was like, oh cool, because I enjoyed the playing of the second album. If you combine that like their growth playing the instruments with grunge and not the post grunge, which is very different. I would have been really excited. And then as soon as the first track hit, I was like, Oh no, full circle to just the same as human clay. Yep. It's the same style of of music. It's the
1: same, but except for there aren't any like standout hits. Um, No, there is nothing
0: of the caliber of no, exactly. It's just
1: like, fine. But I would classify this record. It's fine. Um, you know it was annoying at time there were some nice guitar lines again like again tremonti played really well
0: uh but it was mostly just completely forgettable yeah that's that's fair enough uh i i can't disagree with you it's it's okay i guess uh, but it, it's it's i didn't come into this week expecting to be necessarily surprised by creed because i've heard their biggest songs i've heard a decent chunk of Creed songs throughout my life. Uh, so I kind of knew what I was getting into. Sure. But I I was hoping, I want to say I was hoping for more.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like there's a couple things that really surprised me and not all in good ways. Uh, thing number one is like, I was surprised they only had four albums. I felt like yeah, Creed had been around. Like, and I'm not wrong. Creed's been around most of my life. Right. So four albums in basically 30 years? Sure. That's, I, I mean, it's just, that's... And granted, I mean, technically... Well, they haven't been together. ...been on time. hiatus for 10 right. years. So I I understand that part. Uh, and then, two, just, like, it really just is the two songs. It's, like, for yeah. two songs... Well. And granted, both of those songs have a high imagery, like a high level of Christian imagery, uh, mm-hmm. for sure. I mean, with Arms Wide Open under the bright lights like can you take me higher like they're they're there it's there and that's yeah part of the debate on creed uh but they've been so overplayed that i was hoping mm-hmm. i I was hoping to find a hidden gem i was hope I, I just didn't you may have but i certainly did not they i didn't no. have a single song where i was like this song is for me now a definitive creed song and I just never yeah I
1: mean one. I knew my own prison I know we didn't cover it um because it was on weathered but I know the song my sacrifice oh yeah I know uh, my sacrifice but I mean I it, I, I didn't it, go out of my way to listen to him this week because yeah. they went on this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah no
0: it's I I know the song my sacrifice but I I well, certainly forgot about
1: it <laughs> <laughs> well fair enough okay should so we just grade them now let's
0: let's great them Okay. Uh, there's no denying that Creed is a popular Ooh. band.
1: Absolutely. There, They've sold 53 million records worldwide. Yeah. There's, there's On only four
0: albums. There is no denying that. it is. They are yeah. well-known. They are popular. And I, I understand why. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Just because there's parts of it that I don't love and I, I, I take issue with parts of it doesn't mean I can't, A, understand and recognize their popularity. Of course. And I do think that, you know, a band like this, because so much of the grunge movement was in its essence kind of anti-establishment, really secular music. I think that, you know, giving, you know, Catholics, Christians, things like that, their version, even though they Mm -hmm. may not have been setting out to do so, it certainly came across that way. I think that Mm -hmm. really helped them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you know it know definitely what I, mean? sold them I a lot of records. I think that that's part of the reason Christian rock exists as a genre is like a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of old school rock and roll and heavy metal and things like that blasted churches and had satanic imagery and all these things. And so, mm-hmm. like Christian rock was like, well, what if we do this but God? <laughs> and <laughs> like that's all right. I mean, is that not what it is basically? No, I guess. Gotcha. And I mean, I, I've had my arguments about. Christian rock in the past it's it's it still kind of strikes me as odd that an entire Mm -hmm. musical genre just centers around a religion
1: well I I mean every single genre has its its Christian counterpart
0: that's true but I mean and and that's just it's to me it's weird weird. like I I don't see another religion doing that like I'm not sitting here like oh let me turn on like the Muslim pop channel Right, or, or just or like, like
1: any other life philosophy that you could have. Oh, you know, I was just listening to this great communist rock band. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> yeah, like, oh man, have you checked these out? Have you check these guys out; they're Jewish folk. Like, it, right. none of it makes sense. <laughs> nope, I don't get it. Uh, I don't but get it, it personally,
1: but <laughs> whatever. It's a number that we are going to grade them, and it's above average because it's it has to be because of all the above records average. that they, Yeah, probably like in the neighborhood of six, if I was to to throw out a number
0: i was thinking uh, in the sixes like maybe a little bit in the sure. low sixes like six two maybe you got it yeah
1: breadth of work four records puts them at two-thirds of our average sure 53 million worldwide sales brings them uh right on up right and so they've I'm, released i'm not gonna four have them for the music
0: they've released four yeah. records and the first three of them at minimum in the United States, went six times platinum. Six times platinum. Two yeah. went six times platinum, and then Human Clay went 11. So a diamond right. record. So it's a good score. Yeah. I mean, I know there's only four of them. Yeah, so it can't be
1: it can't too be... much higher than five, honestly, because we're gonna, We're that would be giving them a couple of points for the f- record sales, like on record sales alone.
0: I'm going to be honest with you. I'm in the high fives at minimum then because I'm not giving them anything for the music. I'm not.
1: I'm not either. I'm not taken away. But if we're giving them about two thirds, let's say that they're about like in the low threes, where four records alone just stands. Mm. So pop, you're popping them up about two and a half points to get them I, into the higher half of the fives.
0: I, th- I person like I think my threshold, my and I, and I, we've kind of discussed this before.
1: I know the law of diminishing returns. Demo- the law of
0: diminishing returns. My threshold for that to where it's like you are top tier echelon album sales is 50 million and they're technically okay. over that like right t- for me like if you've sold 50 million records i don't care if i like your music or not you're doing something right
1: i'll give them a 5-7 for you
0: 5-7 works Woo.
1: instrumental talent this is going to be an interesting balancing act
0: uh yeah because uh, it's tramanti versus great. stapp yeah it's
1: it's true well here's, I, here's what stapp I would argue. is as horrible as Tremonty is good
0: i would argue that even if you canceled them out even if Tremonti's an eight and Stapp's a three and you balance that out to roughly a five mm-hmm. five and a half six whatever right five and a half you then add a little bit for the other two who were fives yeah sure they're pretty average to me personally I, I agree I didn't hear so anything. all in all that puts me right around like a five six um you can you can alter me on that but that's where I'm that's where my math took me
1: I'll give it a 5.7 again. I'm going to push just a little bit. Okay. I
0: didn't know you were
1: such a Tremonti fanboy. I mean, uh, you got to give the man his credit.
0: I give him his credit for Alter Bridge and Tremonti. I don't necessarily okay. give it to him All for right. greed.
1: Songwriting talent, I think Tremonti is genuinely good at writing guitar
0: music. Uh, and again, uh, so Nick, I have a question for you. Go ahead. How much of his other acts have you heard? How much of Alter Bridge and actual Tremonti? Like two songs. Okay, I For now. I feel like this is nowhere near his good writing. Yeah, like I I just don't. I think that he is a good writer. I think he's not mm-hmm. a bad writer, and I think he, he expresses that more so in other stuff. Could be Creed stuff feels repetitive to me.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not uh, the first album felt very derivative um, of other grunge stuff that was going on. After that, like, and then they rewrote Human Clay three times. I don't think it's a good score. I just don't think that the individual songs necessarily hurt them here either.
0: No, I don't think. I don't think on an individual song Plus, basis. Plus, we're talking
1: about only four albums worth. I mean, my I'm just talking about a number in like the mid to slightly higher threes.
0: Ah, uh, see that I would be like I would be like maybe a three. Interesting. I, that's where I'm sitting. I mean, four albums, and the first album is really derivative. So you have yeah. th- three albums of work, and right. those three albums are repetitive.
1: Give me a 3-2, and we'll move on to poetic talent. Fine.
0: Now, here's the thing. The poetic talent is, in my opinion, not great. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like there are moments where it's really kind of cliche, a little bit cheesy at times. I agree. But I have to give them credit for writing in a way where there's just this constant debate on, are they talking about religion, or are they talking about life? Are they talking about, you know, women? Are they talking about anyone? Like, okay. So you're writing how much?
1: These, how much credit is that?
0: It's not a lot of credit. I hope I just it's not wanna, more
1: credit than we just gave for songwriting talent. No,
0: I just wanted to make that point. It's lower than songwriting talent. Okay, but Good. I just wanted to make that point of like, I, I want to give them a little bit of kudos. Okay, for managing to to do that to write sure. their songs in ways that fuel debate because fueling a, de- a musical debate like that definitely adds to your popularity. Okay.
1: I agree. So like a full 3?
0: Uh no, 2.8. Okay. Not not a full there 3. There you go. Cuz it is still cheesy problem. and it's still repetitive. I mean Oh, that's, it is. That doesn't go away.
1: Okay. Now, X factor.
0: Oh, it how like many you tell me something.
1: Do they get um four they won a Rolling Stone readers poll. Really? Okay. They were ranked the worst artist of the 1990s.
0: That is incredible.
1: It is incredible. I've heard
0: a lot of artists from the 1990s, and many are worse. So they beat Limp Bizkit, I believe, is still is from the 90s. Some of it, and a pavement. Uh, oh, Pavement. No, but the critics I, love pavement.
1: The critics love pavement.
0: Critics love pavement. I'll tell I you know. what, Nick. Seriously, they don't love Creed. Uh, you want to know what I did, um, and I did it this week, and I waited till now to tell you. Uh, I went back and listened to the first Pavement album. Really? Because I was like, you know what? That was season one. We're right. older now. We're wiser yeah, now. We, We've listened to we hundreds are. of artists. Exactly. Still terrible. Still so bad. Okay. All right. <laughs> like I was like I don't I was like I don't know what I'm I'm missing. Some, my ears are clearly <laughs> missing some type of sonic revelation right. hidden in Pavement.
1: Okay, good to know. Good to know that things haven't changed. <laughs> All right, do they get X Factor for being uh, voted the worst band in the nineties? In the uh, like poll? a
0: Razzie, I'll give them like a point five for that. A full 0. .5? Oh my god, the worst artist of the entire nineties?
1: All right, you got it. Let's move on. If they to... win
0: by less than point five, yeah, we'll they it deserve away. it. Okay, <laughs> no, they let's des- move oh, on. We said two no, different things.
1: I know. We're moving on, Pat. Mandolin Orange slash Watch House.
0: <laughs> All right. Watch House, formerly Mandolin Orange, is an Americana folk duo based in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And they have been active from 2009 to the present day. And uh, Watch House has seven albums, and we covered three of them. We covered Quiet Little Room from 2010. We covered Tides of a Teardrop from 2019. And then Watch House, the debut of the new name Watch House, from 2021. And right. uh, it is it is my turn it with which turn. to go first. And uh, here's what I'll say. Very different from Creed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, very different. And Folk is pretty near and dear to us, I think, on this podcast. And I think that they do a good job of it. Uh, there's two two things that I'll say. A couple good, a couple bad. So, the good... I think that instrumentally, it's really, really technically well done, which is not always the case in folk. Folk sure, is, yeah. is very often a more kind of loosey-goosey situation, and it's right. more about the lyrics, uh, where I think that there's almost moments of like, like a bluegrassiness in terms yeah, of definitely. the technical proficiency. You know, Nick, you've mentioned before, and I've agreed with you, like, bluegrass is arguably one of the hardest technical genres to play. Yeah, it's up there. And I think that they do a really good job of it. And harmonically, they both sound wonderful throughout. So it's it's a duo, and they take turns on the vocals, and then they harmonize together, and I think that's done really well. On the slightly negative side, uh, there's a high level of repetitiveness to me in similarity in song, which is kind of an easy trap to fall into in folk. And I think we've gotten really lucky that most of the folk artists we've done have not fallen into that trap. This is where they kind of start to do that a little bit. They're they're a little bit similar. Mm -hmm. And then two, I listened, you know, really, really closely here to the lyrics because one of my favorite things about folk is lyrical depth. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't get a ton of it here. It was like arguably some of the most shallow lyrics from a folk group, from a folk act mm-hmm. that we've had. Not bad. True. I mean, the lyrics weren't bad. They weren't like cliche. They weren't terrible yeah. to listen to. They sounded really nice. And I understood where they were coming from. Mm-hmm. I just did not get the sheer depth of folk music that I typically am, am, am accustomed to right so that's that's you know some good some bad yeah okay so did you mention that they're a married couple i did not mention that no
1: okay so they're married andrew andrew marlin and emily france yeah um and one thing that's really cool about this album and all their albums is that they are both multi-instrumentalists you mentioned they both sing yeah andrew plays mandolin guitar and banjo and emily plays uh violin and guitar and the orange Uh, and they and the orange that's how they mandolin Uh,
0: aren't he plays the mandolin she plays the orange
1: that is correct um uh and they're they're very good at all those things. Agreed. Um, it's nice to hear uh different instrumentations being used even if they all have that generally like bluegrassy folk um tinge yeah. to them. Uh I think Emily is probably the stronger pure singer even though she gets less um agree. leads, but Andrew does have a very nice like conversational uh, tone to his he's got that like singers. phil
0: oxy tone to his voice yeah it, like, it's good it's like good. where it it's works for him. good but not incredible
1: exactly yeah uh and i feel like this record in particular had a very like live recording feel it's like it almost felt like they each decided which instrument they were going to play for that song sat down in front of a microphone <laughs> And you know, and it feels good. Like, uh, it, yeah, you know, that's the way that music is meant to be heard in a room together, like with the harmony live and stuff like that, instead of layered on. Sure. Um. So, uh, honestly, I pretty much liked every song on this record more than any of the other six records we listened to this week.
0: Um. I get it. <laughs> I know. I'm not again. I'm, yeah. I'm not even gonna disagree with you necessarily on that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, you get where I you get right. the points that I was making though, right? For sure.
1: Yeah, I, I totally do, um, and, and I do think that, you know, that lends to the fact that a lot of these are maybe, you know, more simply arranged, even though um, very well done. Sure. So, I'll just move right into Tides of a Teardrop, uh, and this is different. This is a full instrumentation, like you've got a band here, you've got drums uh, and bass, and for the first time, from what we've heard, there's electric guitar in here as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, there are some leads and I thought they were all very tastefully done. Like, I, I really enjoyed every lead guitar moment. Um, I also enjoyed that I felt like uh, Emily had more lead singing moments on this album. You know, we got to hear more from her because she is definitely the stronger singer. Yeah. Um, and I thought that the writing on this record was better. I thought it was always at minimum solid. Um, you know, it, it felt like where you felt maybe a little bit of shallowness on the, the first record. Uh, this was improved for sure in terms of uh, lyrical depths for me. So, okay, another very good album.
0: Really enjoyed it. So, after listening to this album and doing a little bit of research, so obviously there's a nine year gap uh, between where we listened. Right. Obviously, they were produce- They were producing all throughout that 2011, 13, 15, 16, and then 19. Uh, this is the fourth album in a record deal with Yep Rock Records. Uh, starting with This Side of Jordan, and then Such Jubilee, Blind Faller, and then finally this one. All the reviews kind of stated that they were just getting stronger as they went. Right. So uh, uh, that's what happened, I'm assuming. This yeah. is a much stronger album, as you said. Uh, I I really enjoyed the, the as you mentioned, a, a great word. You said tasteful mm-hmm. uh, inclusion of the electric guitar. It did exactly what I wanted from the first album. It broke up the songs a little bit more. I think that these songs had less of a tendency of sameness. Sure. Um, I think that they were younger. They said they were like, I, I, he, they were like twenty or something right. when the first. I'll be honest with you. They don't have a ton of wiki information.
1: No. <laughs> so it's tough. You have to do a little digging around to find yeah. stuff.
0: But so they were young when the first album came out. It can lend itself to some same equalities, for sure. And I think that they've grown and broken that up since. I think lyrically, yes, there's some stuff here that's stronger. They use a lot of imagery. Even just Mm -hmm. if you read the titles, like The Wolves, Mother Deer, spelled D-E-E-R, a lot of animal imagery, a lot of invocative imagery. So, like, you're picturing scenes. You're Mm -hmm. not necessarily just listening and, like, relating it to other things. You're actually, like, picturing the scene. Sure. Which I really enjoy. Uh, so, yeah, this album is, spoiler alert, my favorite one we listened to this week. Yeah. that's So I really enjoyed this one. Uh, if, if I'm adding any of these nine albums to any type of playlist or favorites list, it's Tides of a Teardrop. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, so I'm going to move on to Watch House. So first off, uh, this album came out in 2021 uh, during uh, the COVID situation. The Panorama, Uh, Marlon produced two instrumental albums without France. Right, right. And then they announced that they were changing their name to Watch House from Mandolin Orange. Uh, So basically, Marlon came out and said, Mandolin Orange was born out of my 21-year-old mind. The name is not what I strive for when I write. And Watch House reflects the true intentions of the band. I respect it. It's your band. You do what you want to do. I totally don't like it though.
1: Like, I like the name Mandolin
0: Orange is such a better name. I, like, I agree. because this is what I equate it to. If if I'm an average Joe, I'm an, like not somebody who listens to music and talks about music as like as much as I do. You know, so I'm just like the regular music listener, and I'm like, uh, and somebody comes up to me and's like, oh yeah, like I I listened to this new band like Watchhouse. I'm like okay, cool. Sounds like a you know sounds like a good time. I'm I'm kind of evoking more of like a '90s like harder rock like or like okay, a, I could see that you know like or, like, or at like, least alternative alt an alt sound yeah. But if they come up and and they're like, yo, I I found this new group, Mandolin Orange, that you need to check to check out. I'm in, immediately like, what are they about? I have no idea.
1: Mandolin, I would assume
0: right, <laughs> but. <laughs> I like what is that? I mean, that's a weird, that's a weird name. It it creates a conversation. It's an interesting mm-hmm. name that creates a conversation, and I feel like Watch House doesn't necessarily do that. Sure. Um, and also, I think you change your name for a couple reasons. You change your name when you change your identity. Like that's just the way that it boils down musically. Uh, a lot of times we've seen artists. Uh, like, there's lists. There's so many lists of like famous artists who have changed their name and then became famous. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. they also changed the genre of music they did. Like, it it's, it kind of coincides. They change who they are. They changed their lineup. They didn't change anything. Like, right. Watch House as an album is very similar to previous Mandolin Orange work. I would say they maybe stray a little bit less into the bluegrass folk range and more into, like like, singer-songwriter folk, like, kind okay. of a little more modern popish at times. But I definitely don't think it's enough of a genre swing where I'm like, oh, this is definitely a new identity to this band. Right. So, you know what? I, th- I feel like it's maybe just a name change to inspire their own writing. Like, instead they- of writing from a place of mandolin orange, they're writing from a place of watch house. And mm-hmm. maybe that is what they needed to get their creative juices flowing. Sure. So like and of course I respect that wholeheartedly. Yeah. You know, I know I know when we first started writing originals, we really toyed around with the idea of changing the name of our band. Sure. Just to see if like is Low Totem like the name we want to write under. Is that the name we right mentally agree with? And I th- I think we settled that debate. Right. By changing st- the name. <laughs> <laughs> I still fully support the fact that we should have been Patio and the Daddios. And I still think we should have been Sonny Jim in the socks, but well, that's all right. Uh, we should we should change we should we should just be patio in the socks, just okay. You know, Sonny Jim in the daddios. <laughs> um,
1: Alright, do you have anything to say about the music? Or are you done?
0: Uh, I said musically, it's it shifts those okay. those directions. And I, here's the thing: you're not going to find bad instrumentation bad no. playing, bad harmony. You're not going to find that with Watch House, Mandolin Orange, any like they do those things very technically well. Mm-hmm. This album is kind of in between the first two for me. I don't get that okay. sameness. I don't get that I don't get that like repetitiveness.
1: It was much more experimental. Yes. Uh, than their other records.
0: Uh but I, I I also don't get the just extreme proficiency and dynamic of tides of a teardrop
1: sure okay uh and i mean i think i've said my main point uh already i felt like this album was different in its experimentation sure in having more longer instrumental sections uh which i think were really well done but it is mostly very similar to their other work in a good way um that in that it was musically strong really enjoyable at the end of the day i mean this group was hands down um the most pleasant listening from beginning to end for me this week. Yeah, no spoilers.
0: <laughs> I mean, very much spoilers. Uh, no yeah.
1: spoilers. All right, uh, let's, let's grade them. Let's
0: uh, well, it's a low, this is bad.
1: This is not. This is not their their shining hour. Here. This is
0: like, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be very honest with you, our audience. Mm-hmm. Mandolin Orange is about to not do well in this part of the of the episode. That's correct. Um but this is one of those but a very lovely group yeah this is one of those groups we've done this before we'll do it again of (laughs) like go listen to them yep like they don't have sales they don't have popularity they don't have anything that's going to catapult them in these categories right but they're a very enjoyable listen we've done this before with Fox was another one where we were like yep go listen to that Fox album like go listen to both mandolin orange and watch house you know, I think you'll really enjoy it. Obviously, if you are listening to this episode, I would hope you've already listened to some of this stuff. That's true. Because on our website, lowtotemband.com slash totem talks, it has the albums that we're listening to. You can listen well along with us. So uh, hopefully you've already listened to these and, and you're right. like Pat, shut up. We already did it. We already are, are good at that. Right. Good. Uh, I
1: mean, I don't know what to even say. Other than they've performed at a lot of festivals, like yeah, they play I mean, Austin the city Festival limits, circuit. South by Southwest, Newport mm-hmm. Folk Festival, um, you know stuff like that. They were featured on CBS this morning in
0: 2019.
1: Okay, I, I, okay, I, mean, I can
0: give them point five. Really, that would be that's shocked. the most generous I could be.
1: That is way more generous than I was. Thinking.
0: I, I think that I think we both have a blind spot for the festival circuit, and they did Fair perform in te- on television.
1: Great, I am happy for them. I'm Work yeah, work. that's where
0: I'm at. Uh, so seven records. Seven
1: records. We're not going to see sales stuff, but we are going to get some quality. I think.
0: Yeah. So no sales.
1: Right. Uh, so at the end of the day, this number is above five for seven records by a little bit, and mm-hmm. then. Goes closer to like five and a half because they're good. They're good r-
0: records. I would say here's the one thing though I know we're not adding any points for no sales. It hurts me a little bit that for the most part, they were not even charting. Like they start to chart on their fourth right. album. So right, as they're the working folk with Yep Rock
1: charts and the Heat Seekers and stuff like that, yeah,
0: because the, well, the first two albums are completely independent. Mandolin Orange, yeah, and Mandolin exactly. Orange, LLC. They sign with right. Yep Rock. The first album still no charting, and then the second album, third album, and fourth album start to kind of get that. Uh, they do. Yeah, get I mean, to I think you just get a folk. very
1: yeah, you get a very slow build if you're a group like this, right? Like but I also think
0: I think you also get to literally see in Mandolin Orange's sales what marketing through a record label does for you. So sure. I don't know if that's necessarily indicative of Mandolin Orange or Watch House or if that's more indicative of I have a record label pushing out my music. Mm. It's going to hit these things. Sure. So like I almost would give them like a 5 4. I I would okay. take away a point 1 for the fact that like nothing's charting.
1: I love the music. Okay. Yeah. Instrumental talent it's good. It's really good. It's good. It's, it's a good score for them. Yeah.
0: It's this is a high score. This is probably their highest score.
1: I would say it, uh, it, it must like, be
0: like they. They are both very technically proficient musicians on multiple both good instruments. Singers, both mm-hmm. multi instrumentalists. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I agree. This is good. I'd be willing here. I think to give them like in the sevens.
1: Really? Okay. I I really I, enjoyed. I'd have. I really enjoyed the playing. I would sneak in there maybe. Yeah. Oh, I meant not like. Too uh, high. I meant
0: a seven. Okay. Than yeah seven, seven it is. I yeah. meant in in the sevens of like a 7.0. Like literally just seven. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. Uh,
1: I also thought that their songwriting uh, is good. I yeah. know you felt the first record was a little samey, but I think they definitely got past that problem. I agree. For sure. Um, they used a good variety of instrumentations on their records. Mm-hmm. Uh, the songs are each done individually very well. I mean they're they're pretty much a a folk americana bluegrass band but yeah. I mean you know I'm not going to give them a wild I I can go in like score.
0: the I could go in like the slightly higher fives here.
1: I was thinking something like that as well like a 58ish. Yeah, um, I
0: can I can live like there comfortably.
1: Good. Uh and then poetic talent again, 7 albums worth of work. Yeah. Uh I thought it was at worst fine and sometimes pretty good.
0: Yeah, I I'm having I want to be very kind of fair here. Because when you tell me there's a folk group, my expectation for lyrics catapults. It's high, right? And they did not hit that for me. Sure. So they like if I'm grading them in the folk scale, it's like a D. Sure. However, we've had some bad lyrics. Yeah, I mean, graded against a a general yeah group of graded against the artists, general populace of music. It's still that like a to. B minus. Yeah, it's a it's in the B's. Uh, And a B is, you know, like a 5-2, a little bit above average. B minus, if a C is average, a B minus is just above it, 5-2. Okay.
1: Um, Is there X factor here? If they actually played
0: the orange, or at least ever listed the orange as an instrument played, I would 100% have given them a full point. However, they neither play the orange or the watch house.
1: You're right. You're right. (laughs) So, okay, can't do it. Well, then I guess we're just going to have to move on to Madonna, or however
0: you say it. Madonna Louise Ciccone, uh, more popularly known as, I would say, Madonna, is is an American singer, songwriter, and actress. Uh, She is considered one of the most influential figures in pop culture and has been referred to as the Queen of Pop, and she has been active since 1979 to the present day. And uh, we covered three albums. Uh, we started with Madonna, which, shout out to Madonna for the eponymous debut. Yeah. Uh, we Although I think we got a Watch House eponymous got, debut, technically, I guess. We got a Watch House one. Uh, nothing by Creed. Did we get? No. Mandolin Orange didn't. What was their first album not called Mandolin Orange?
1: No, but when they changed to Watch House, it was. So, so we got, we'll well, take
0: technically, it. that is an eponymous debut, then. They changed their name. Yeah. Right. Creed, ruining it. For a change. <laughs> Uh, but, we yeah, we covered Madonna, the eponymous debut, from 1983. We followed that up with True Blue from 1986. And then, finally, Madam X, which came out in 2019. Correct. And, uh, Nick, you, I guess my X. friend, are first. Okay.
1: So, I didn't have high expectations for Madonna coming in, to be fair. But I also, I don't think I've ever heard a Madonna song in its entirety in my nearly 30 years of living. Sure. Like, I know how, like, the first line or two of the chorus of songs like Like a Virgin go. Mm -hmm. But if you asked me, like, you know, you're going to die if you can't name five Madonna songs, I would die. Um, Well, that's just because, I mean,
0: that's your dearest wish. Right. Well, that's true. (laughs) Um,
1: But uh, just to give a little back, like, I really genuinely have... No musical knowledge of Madonna or what she okay. does. Like that was it was a mystery to me, pretty much entirely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not enjoy it.
0: <laughs> you know what, Nick? Coming into this episode, I didn't expect you to. For one, no. for one sheer reason,
1: it was recorded in the it 1980s. was recorded
0: in the 1980s, and I was like, Nick's gonna yep. not like this because of that. Can't it,
1: can't wait till we get to the Smiths episode. <laughs> it just really
0: subverting expectations. Just proves so. that there's an exception to every rule. That's true. Um, Except for murder. Don't murder people. That's a rule. Well, that's don't, true. There's no exceptions. Right. Don't murder. I agree. Uh,
1: so I did actually recognize, like, vaguely, a few tracks on here. Oh, yeah. Like, I, w- I was like, okay, I've heard that before somewhere. Um, yeah, I would have been shocked but if it was you ever heard Lucky
0: Star. Uh,
1: I don't, yeah, I think that that was one I recognized. Um, but it's all 80s dance pop. I mean, it was. it's not the worst, most vacuous dance pop we've ever heard on the show.
0: High praise.
1: It's also still like bad and vacuous dance pop. I mean, I would never listen to any of these songs again. Um, I just, I just don't enjoy. It. I, I just can't really see the use of any of these songs outside of a dance club in 1983. That's fake. like that is the the place where they belong, and they don't really belong anywhere else
0: at any time. Okay. Uh, do you, do you have? Would you like to keep adding? Are you, you could... uh, No, I definitely not. Okay, so some things about Madonna the album. <clears throat> so, it is roughly 5 times platinum according to this page. I'm sure there'll be different pages on the actual discography section. Uh it is considered in the list of Rolling Stone's top 100 best debut albums of all time. And it's dated. It's what it <laughs> is. It's dated. You said it you said it best. <clears throat> I don't I don't hate the album for what it is like what it meant to be what it was meant to be was a 1980s dance pop record you know in that post disco range i think that is done well it's just a genre of music i can't stand because it's dated you yeah. know i it's like a, it's like a small doses situation very few songs from that era comfortably have made it out of there in a non dated way in a way that in a way that they're still Listen to today You know There's songs like Girls Just Want to Have Fun That mm-hmm. has Has kind of Broken out of that Dance pop era To become like A timeless song Maybe sure. not necessarily A great song But a timeless song To right. be sure Okay uh, And I uh, The closest one I think from this First album Would be Lucky Star uh, I think that's the one From this album That kind of Broke that Barrier a little bit but for the most part, this is, is very dated stuff. And she's young. Mm-hmm. She's 23 when she recorded this. This is not the Madonna that... The persona that right. she would eventually become. This was a, a, a young 23-year-old girl recording her first stuff. She's not yet the extremely powerful like woman and figure that she would grow to be. Right. Uh, so all in all... Did not enjoy, let me be clear, did not enjoy the album. But I'll take us into True Blue. <clears throat> now, this one has a couple more of the Madonna songs, uh, specifically Papa Don't Preach. Uh, Live to Tell, is, is uh, it was the first single release for this one. Uh, I've heard it before, don't necessarily think it is the one that holds up to me. Papa Don't Preach is the one that kind of stands the test of time here. And this is a little bit more of the same. I mean, granted, Madonna's songs are all in that dance pop genre, Mm -hmm. at least her big ones, you know, Uh, like a virgin, uh, say a little prayer, material girl. All those kind of songs are are in that dance poppy genre. But now that we're in this range, so the 86 range, so she's, you know, she's closer to like 27 ish now you know 26 27 roughly she's becoming now the persona that she that she has grown into it, it happened pretty quick for her she's now starting to to grow and and by grow I mean in her dance physically crop. in height. <laughs> yeah she's eleven feet tall no in <laughs> her in her songs the dance pop. Kind of minutia of the songs, she's starting to talk about important things, which is kind of what put Madonna above other artists of the time. So, like famously on this album, "Papa Don't Preach" is a song about teenage pregnancy. Like that's not a song like mm-hmm. in the eighties, nobody's sure. talking about that, right? And like it's one of the reasons Madonna has like you know been widely regarded as like one of the one of the the forerunners of like social movements. Uh, and I feel like it's important to talk about that stuff because I hated the music. Yep. Like I don't enjoy the music. So like I, but like as somebody, like it's I think there's two main reasons, and the biggest reason is I did not grow up in the '80s, so there's no nostalgia for me here. Sure. Right. And and listening to it now in the 2020s, it is so dated. Yep. But I, I I give her a fierce level of respect for being a you know a 20 something year old woman a, a recording in this, in this dance pop genre where people just kind of want to move and groove and write about social issues mm-hmm. proving that you don't need to be locked into a genre to write about social issues mm-hmm. like everybody's like oh if you want to write about social issues folk or like some type of like classic rock maybe no you can do any genre and write about anything you want to write about I, so kudos for subverting expectations, but sure. not loving the music. Yeah,
1: right. I figured you were going to talk about all that stuff, so I would talk strictly about the music. That yeah. was my plan going into this. Uh, I never heard any of these songs on this record before. They were all. You brand never
0: new to heard me. "Papa Don't no. Preach."
1: I've ne- I don't. I have actively avoided ever listening to Madonna. That's
0: crazy.
1: Uh, and you know what? That song had a really cool arrangement for the string opening, but the fact that the strings were so obviously fake. Uh, takes oh, yeah. away from it, that, that um, and the whole the whole album just sounds fake and repetitive and dated. It's the music is terrible. Um, there's nothing that I would ever want to listen to again. Here, I will say just um, just
0: to so we throw this out there because this is quite a number. This album sold 25 million records right. worldwide. The, yeah, I mean, we were giving I Creed only credit imagine. for 50 million yeah. records all right. throughout their discography. Mm-hmm. She got a half of it on this album.
1: Right. I would imagine if I had the money, I would want to buy 25 million copies to burn them all. Uh, it, <laughs> okay. No, not really. Fair enough. But it enough. was, it was re- really terrible to listen to. I mean, the music is just so vapid and repetitive, and there's nothing to it uh, at all. And I, I honestly thought it was worse than the first one. It was Musical. either that or Musical. I was just— yes. Yeah. It was either that or I was just— really uh wearing me down at that point that's fine
0: musically i do agree that it was a little bit worse than the first one but lyrically sure it also wasn't great but right message i appreciate okay right Uh, i will
1: say i'd notice like she's she's writing on all those songs but with co-writers on the previous album it was mostly the same she's writing with co-writers but i did notice very specifically she had no part whatsoever in writing like a virgin or material girl So probably the two names of Madonna songs that I would have actually known, she did not write either one.
0: That's fair.
1: Okay, Madame X. It's uh, 2019 now. And this is a very different album for Madonna. Uh, And by very different, I mean, I... uh, Oof. So she was like, I would very much like to continue doing dance pop, except for now, instead of stuck in the 80s sound, it'll be stuck in the 2010s sound, and it'll be super standard. But uh, also, like Latin pop is a popular thing at this time, so let's throw some of that in there. Um, and I'll throw in a bunch of like, auto-tune and vocal production, which sounds really bad at times. Uh, and then, I, I don't know, maybe I'll just throw in like disco strings at one point and then i don't know at at some point she was just like fuck it i'm doing a rap verse and (laughs) like i don't understand what this album was it was just a cornucopia of things i hate that's what i would refer to this as
0: you heard it here first folks season four episode 10 the first time in podcast history nick drops the f-bomb yeah and you know what i
1: deserved it I deserved it for listening to this. Okay. It's
0: horrible. Let me talk here. Madonna has released at this time 14 studio albums. Madame X was her ninth number one album in the United States. So well over 50% of her albums just are number one in the United States when they come out. That's just a thing. Now, at at a certain point, it boils down to... It's Madonna, and you listen and buy Madonna music because you are a Madonna fan, as hundreds of millions of people are around the world, apparently. Right. Uh, I think that when you have an album that is a conglomeration like this, there's two reasons for it. Reason number one, as Nick has kind of posited, you're, you're grasping at current popular trends and throwing them all together into, like, an amalgamation of music to release. Option number two, which I think is at least partially responsible for this one, is you just you just don't care about album structure and just make an album of music that you like. And I think, knowing kind of what I know about Madonna, she, you know, she has typically in her career been interested in, like, the Latin influences and, like, the world music. And I think part of that is now she's just making music. I mean, Madonna has nothing left to prove to anyone musically, so I think she's just making music that she either wants to work with certain people or kind of enjoys parts of it. True, although uh,
1: I would like to see her prove that she can write one song that I don't hate. Impossible. That's where I'm at. Impossible.
0: Impossible. <laughs> she she is your kryptonite. She truly Uh, (laughs) is. But I will say, like, that being said, of, like, giving her kind of the benefit of the doubt in some aspects. Yeah, a lot of it's what Nick said. A lot of it. I mean, I can't see a world where, like, Madonna's like, oh, yeah, I want trap music in my album. I really enjoy trap music. Like, no, I feel like it's her team was like, let's let's make this happen.
1: Right. And there are tons of writers and producers on all these songs.
0: Yeah, and I, it it definitely comes across in a little bit of like uh a, a sort of like I'm Madonna, I'm in my 60s, which I mean, let's be I mean, she looks great for in her 60s. Sure. I'm I'm assuming just based on the fact that she's a A-list celebrity in Hollywood that she's had work done, but it's well subtle work. I mean, she doesn't look she doesn't look like you've seen people look with plastic surgeries. Mm-hmm. So, like, if that's the case, which I'm not con- I'm not confirming or denying, I'm just saying celebrities, like, 80% of You heard of it here confirm. first.
1: Pat has said it. He's out of it.
0: <laughs> I'm saying 80% of celebrities have had some work done, basically, is what it boils down to. So I assume Madonna's in that category, but it's subtle and well done. Uh, and I think, you know, one of the least important things about her, because I also think <laughs> like, Madonna, in terms of like the order of things about Madonna, her music is also not on the top of that list, and that's it's wild to me because you would think that like Madonna is known as a musician, right? She's known as like a pop singer, but I think that Madonna has grown well past that, and I think that the music is is hardly important anymore. Uh, And that's good because it's not good. Yeah. I guess, uh, this, you've
1: managed to talk so much about Madonna and like three seconds total on the music. You're just like, yeah, it sucks. It's bad. And then uh, the other stuff is, about her. <laughs> look, the
0: music is bad. The music is bad. Like all three albums, bad. Uh, bad. Are there are there moments of like guilty pleasure when you're hanging out with people and like a Material Girl comes on, and you're like, ah, we will dance, whatever. But like mute. Like I'm not gonna sit there and like musically dissect or enjoy in like a different sonic way. A Madonna track as I would like 80% of the other tracks in the world sure so that's that's where I'm at I I just make sure I want to make sure that I'm kind of balancing it out with like I get the Madonna craze from a societal standpoint from a social standpoint from like a feminist standpoint I just hate the music right that's what it boils down to however I totally know the guilty pleasure part of it as well right Okay, what's greater? Okay, Madonna. Like I don't know, like two. Uh, what else can you possibly? So Madonna has, you know, been arguably one of the most famous people in the history of the world for forty years. Yeah, uh, what? she's. I mean, she's just incredibly forever in the cultural zeitgeist. Yep, uh, you know, you it's hard to. It's hard to live your life without finding references to Madonna, finding moments that like either lampoon Madonna or praise Madonna. You know, like you can't see anybody do like uh, like a parody of anything pop or anything eighties without Madonna popping up. Uh, you see her in such things as completely wild as like the movie Hocus Pocus. The mother in that dress is in the iconic Madonna Conebra. Uh, And it's like, and she's Madonna. And like, so like, she's everywhere. All right. What's your number, Pat? It's got to be in the nines. Oh, of course. Like, it's got to be in the, I don't, I mean, she's not a 10. I I don't, I wouldn't. I would argue she's
1: pretty damn, as someone who completely cut her out of my life until this week and then hated everything that she did, it would be criminal to put her lower than like a 9.8 or a 9.9. I I
0: think she's a 9.8. I think she is. I, I. I, like she's she's not a ten because I think that you have to if,
1: contribute to the art form more,
0: right? If you're so like a ten is all all of the pillars of becoming a ten. I think that Madonna has the social aspect of being a ten, such as mm-hmm. people we've oh, done before easy. like Fats Domino and like the other people who have become a ten. And I think that she has contributed to the worldwide fame and recognition part of being a ten. I just think that her music, in terms of its its impact, because while Madonna, the songs of Madonna are still famous, who nowadays is influenced musically by Madonna?
1: Mm.
0: Like, where is it? Well, other people got a 10. Like, we, gave, we almost gave Chuck Berry a 10. We, we gave, you know. He would have gotten a 10. He would have gotten a 10. But we issues. gave. Uh, and I just, I just was uh, reading something. Or I watched a, a Watch Mojo, not a sponsored video, yeah. about uh, people who've ripped off other people's songs. Mm-hmm. Chuck Berry is on that list like six times of having his songs yeah. ripped off. Oh, for sure. Like like literally every like They're like, oh, yeah, well, uh, like Beach Boys, like, yeah, we took this Chuck Berry riff and made another song. John Lennon, right. oh, yeah, I took a Chuck Berry oh, song yeah. and made Come Together. Like just right. like, over and over again. It's like, oh, Chuck Berry mm-hmm. wrote this really good song. And you just see right. Chuck Berry like doing his same exact dance. And then everyone's yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take that and just make a song make that exact yep. song the same thing sure but that's not we're not Chuck Berry we're yeah. Madonna no. um okay but i think that like you can see the musical influence of all the people that have got it. like buddy holly you can mm-hmm. see the musical influence of buddy holly still in 2020 2022 like you can you can see it i don't think madonna's musical influence is still there i think her cultural and i think her you know just straight up gravitas and celebrity is still there okay
1: fair enough breadth of work 14 <laughs> records immense sales immense she's sales. up there amongst the highest recording artists of all time yeah in the same category as like elton john and led zeppelin and pink floyd like yeah. way 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 up uh in the estimates as high as like 275 or even 300
0: million possibly um I, you know what i'm reading this she did have a couple albums that only went platinum I'm giving her a one. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, (laughs) uh, as we've moved further, but here's the thing that, like, is surprising to me. To find the Madonna album that stopped going platinum, you Mm. have to go to 2008. So all the way from the 80s until 2005, every album went at least platinum, and most of them went multi-platinum.
1: Yeah, I mean that's gotta that's gotta help. The numbers gotta be really high <laughs> over because twenty of all years worth.
0: Every album you've come out with is platinum or multi platinum. Yeah, it's and essentially
1: like... a game of. She's one of the highest selling artists of all time. That's gonna catapult her score way up into the nines. Mm-hmm. How much am I allowed to take away for fourteen albums of hot garbage? <laughs> I mean, it's still going to be in the nines. Here, yeah, here's because what I'll of say. how many sales, but it's so bad, Pat. It's so bad.
0: Here's what I'll say. Okay, fourteen albums is double the average, more than double the average. Obviously, it's six, but mm-hmm. sales wise, it is consistently astronomical. Yep, like it is a hugely sustained stretch of over twenty years of just multi-platinum albums, and it's not right. just one or two. It's one, two, three, four. Yep. Like it's, it's it's so many of them. You're right. Even though the even though we both despise the music of it, mm-hmm. I don't think we can give her less than like a nine point four.
1: Okay. I don't think we can. I will give her a nine point three.
0: Because here's what I'll tell you right now, Nick. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. Okay. I'm taking away .6 for how bad the music is because this is as close to a ten as I can see. That's. I mean, such a huge, well, even long... with diminishing returns, it's still
1: like half of the Beatles album sales, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's so half like of the... I still see there's like,
0: sure, there's space it's half to... of the Beatles album sales for sure. But the Beatles were 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. So the Beatles were 10 years, they released their albums and peaced out to other, which teams. were all great, which were all great. I'm not taking that away at all. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've ever seen on this podcast, I don't know if we'll ever see again. 20 years consistent album sales, consistent album releases. So like sure. she the, like it's not just like oh over the course of her life like her first album eventually. No no, it's for 20 years every album she she had went multi-platinum. Like okay. every, every like she couldn't touch a record without it selling millions of al- of records. Yeah. Like what a shame. That's why that's why that would be like a 10 for me because like I that's a that's the perfect formula for I am clearly the top of the game, even though the music okay. is terrible. It is. That's, I'm taking away a four point six
1: for the music. All right, instrumental talent. I mean, I thought what was going on behind her was difficult to listen to at yeah. best, incredibly repetitive and boring and yep. dull. Sure. Um. Ultra. So that doesn't help at all. That's that's a low score, but it's all mostly accurate. going to be graded on her voice, mm-hmm. which is fine. I don't think she's, like, a phenomenal singer. I don't think of her as, like, for instance, if we look at last, last week, another legendary artist that we talked about, The Supremes. Diana Ross has a much better singing voice than Madonna. Like, she holds up on the, on the merits of her actual vocal talent to me, whereas Madonna is just a good singer. Okay. Uh, I mean, do you disagree? Do you think she's a great singer?
0: I think Madonna has an arguably great singing voice. That she just chooses to never use in her music, okay? Because because like I'm sure I'm I guarantee you've never seen Evita, which is totally fine. But Madonna is Evita, like she's Ava Perone in that film, and she does great in that film. She sings really well. It's arguably better than any, like her voice is so much better in that movie than anything she comes out with. Huh. But uh, but no it's not part on of the her records music. is what yeah what's on yeah. the records is what gets uh, that's created. what I mean so not, like it it didn't strike me as like anything like to write home about. I agree. I'm I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying like yeah. it's it's so you know disheartening because like I I definitely think she has the chops. Sure, I think she has the vocal chops, and I think that her music just doesn't ever showcase it. Literally, ever. Right. Uh, and I mean, how do you go hire like maybe like a four? Done. is that like yeah. it's cuz i mean it's be. not
1: there's nothing that saves her in the music at all cuz that's no. awful the songwriting i mean musically the songs are not good
0: no it's d- dated musically, it's dated the songs, stuff
1: it's it's dated and even like listening to it like they are just a few chords or like one little thing repeating over and over and over again cuz all those songs and albums were meant to be danced to and nothing else right so there's nothing interesting going. It's not like stuff was sticking out to me. Like, well, you know, it's boring. But th- that line was really great. Or you know, that a horn mm-hmm. section came in and did this really cool. There was nothing for me to hang on to there. No. Plus, I'm... she's co-writing a lot of this, and a couple of her biggest songs were things that she didn't have any hand in writing at all.
0: No, I mean, I'm I'm kind of yet again in that similar four-ish range. I think that sure. yeah, it's repetitive. It's bad, but but. Unlike a lot of people in the time, she is credited as a writer. That's true. So, like, that, I want so to give her some props there. Points. And we've had this argument before of like, yes, repetitive is bad, and yes, this music is bad, but catchy should give you some points. And a lot sure. of Madonna songs are earworms, mm-hmm. so for that reason, a four, I think. Okay. And lyrically, poetic talent here. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm a little higher than a four. Okay, I'm I'm closer to that five range. And here's the thing: lyrically, it's not great. No. But I give her points here for two main reasons. Trying to do say something. She's se- she's having messages. She's talking about societal issues in dance pop. She her, the sure. genre of music would, that made her popular, and that she in turn made popular. She used to to say important things in a time when you know it was much harder to say important things sure. especially as a, you know a female pop singer in the 80s mm-hmm. like it's hard to find like it's hard to find another female pop singer in the 80s that was able to get messages across sure you know not I'm sure not for lack of trying like mm-hmm. obviously I don't think that nobody had anything to say I'm sure, sure. a lot of people had things to say but kudos to madonna for saying for being able to and managing to say them right so for that reason i am elevating the below average score to a 5 sure
1: you got it uh there is x factor
0: <laughs> yeah there is x factor <laughs> literally yeah. she is madam x factor
1: that's a great point I it's mean- just
0: it's just a matter of what what constitutes even like she's ranked as the she's greatest the highest-grossing, oh, okay. highest-grossing
1: tourist tour uh, touring artist of all time.
0: Yeah, she's in list. She's in the greatest artists of all time and greatest songwriters of all time, according to Rolling Stone. She's in right. the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which we didn't even mention. We we didn't even have to mention that in her cultural impact. Like sure. <laughs> yeah like, right I didn't
1: think it was necessary which I think just says I mean, a lot
0: about Madonna as a person like typically sure. for these artists like it's one of the first things we say is like well this is why we're thresholding them in right. the culture. like it's like yeah you don't even she doesn't even have to be yeah uh, I mean, she holds she, the uh, record for most number one singles by a female artist in Australia Canada right. Italy Spain and the UK yep so like you know those are a lot of places I agree <sighs> and she's I, very charitable yes that is true. L- involved is in a true. lot of charities uh also i mean she was really good in a league of her own and Vita. i don't know if that's x-factor
1: i've but. never seen either of those so
0: what there's no crying in baseball nick you.
1: i've heard the phrase uh, you're
0: you're wild to me
1: uh, yeah i'm gonna go ahead and take a quick look through yep never seen any movies that she's ever
0: been <clears throat> of course not
1: why why would you be surprised
0: uh, so what number do we lean on? all of those I don't know it's things. several points There's, it's, it's several, several points I don't know if it's a full five
1: then it's probably four
0: it's I think it might be a four I, I and think then I, would I think have a scores, four works
1: if that's the case
0: uh, and yeah let's let's score it up big boy
1: all right well it I'll tell you last place this week Patrick was decided by point two you loser and uh, losing this week was the only artist that managed to write a good song, Watch House <laughs> slash Mandolin Orange. Wow. Uh,
0: a 23.9. A very respectable score because no one's ever heard of them. Yeah. and I every also definitely individual... just said the word respectable instead of respectable.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fine. Every one of their songs was better than the other six albums combined. I cannot stress <laughs> that enough. <laughs> yeah. And then by default winning this week.
0: That's us. That's that's how you felt with
1: Nick. the three worst albums I've ever heard. Uh, is Madonna. Winner winner chicken dinner. Madonna won, of course. I mean I really wanted you to just leave the loser drop for, for her <laughs> I winning. knew you'd get a kick out of that. Yeah, she got a thirty six point two. Um Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh don't listen to the music though. No, and listen. Then respect Madonna place, as
0: a person and just don't exactly, listen to the
1: music. Absolutely. And second place was Creed with a 24.1, just barely edging out. Watch House.
0: I'll take second place. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. Nick, well we then. did it. We got through it. We did it. I'm we proud got of you, it. man.
0: I'm so proud of you. I know this was a tough one for you. And it I was. I know it just gets tougher as we go.
1: It always does. Uh, I, see, I see light uh, at the end of the tunnel somewhere. Uh, next week, though, we will be covering Judas Priest. So to find out how on earth we're going to feel about that, please tune back in.
0: Absolutely. Positively. Uh, But uh, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you are checking out our year in music series that we're also releasing. Uh, So that's coming out. I think we made it the last Thursday. On Thursdays. Just just because, yeah, uh, just because that's when we've ended up recording it and releasing it. And uh yeah, hopefully you're enjoying that. Basically, I'll give you a quick rundown of it, just in case you may have seen it and they're like, eh, whatever. Uh, we're going month by month, so we're it's a monthly cycle, releasing on the last Thursday, and each month we're taking a look at the year 1967 as it pertains to music. Uh, Nick has done a lot of research on this. This is kind of his brainchild here. Yeah, and uh, he he said that you know 1967 was one of the most interesting years in music. And so we just kind of talk about it a little bit. I'm yeah. with you in this. I don't do any of the research here, and I just get to listen to Nick tell me fun stuff. Right. Uh, but it's a shorter one. So, you know, these, these yeah, very episodes, episodes, like this episode is, is going to roughly be like an hour and 20 minutes, I think, once we're done it. Uh, those are closer to like a little less than a half hour. Yeah. A much more manageable bite-sized pieces. Uh, so if that's something you're interested in, uh, please check it out. And other than that, I'm gonna play the outro. I'm gonna to remember to push that button this time. And I want to thank you all once again for tuning in. Uh, hopefully, we uh, we see y'all again next week. Uh, have a happy, healthy week, and uh, most importantly, I want y'all to sit back and have a great day.